0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: Decisions are being made and it's not only big business that is around the table for those sort of decision-making opportunities because the reality is, as you said, contributing massive amount at a a national level. And again, if we look regionally, the majority of employment is coming from social enterprise, community-based organisations or businesses that are really set up to do good.
0: Thanks for listening to episode 361 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we've got a special guest, and we're speaking with Julia Spicer, OAM. Now, Julia Spicer is a vibrant rural entrepreneur and a catalyst for change. Founder of three regional businesses based in Gundawindi, Queensland, Engaging and Create Consulting, the Gundawindi Business Hub, and the recently sold house 4390 julia has grown the activity and impact of innovation into the farming and business communities across queensland julia has a particular gift for engaging women and indigenous businesses in her work and julia assists entrepreneurs and business owners with the work of business plan writing designing value propositions and attracting grant and investment funds julia's mission is to contribute To the vibrancy and viability of rural and regional australia by helping businesses grow through strategic planning coaching and online courses julia does just that and it's just in the last couple of weeks that julia spicer has been welcomed into the role of the queensland chief entrepreneur so in today's podcast we'll discuss julia's perspective on the state of impact led entrepreneurship in queensland We get Julia's insights and perspective on social innovation opportunities. And we'll see where Julia believes social enterprise can best be used in Queensland to tackle some of our most pressing social and environmental issues. I imagine particularly across our regional areas. So Julia, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Um, Thanks so much for inviting me to be on the podcast. I'm very happy to be here with you.
0: We are too, Julia. So to kick things off, Could you please share a bit about your background and what it was that led to your recent engagement as Queensland's Chief Entrepreneur?
1: Absolutely. So I am coming to you today from sunny Gundawindi on Big and Bull Country, where I call home now, but I grew up in Western Queensland, uh, north of Roma, uh, on my family's um, grazing property. So we had cattle and sheep as I grew up. And I guess the reality is um, I have always been involved in uh, looking at what's happening in my community from a young age. I am a believer of in our rural areas, there's often not a lot of us. Uh, there's, yeah. You know, there's not many of us, so we need to all contribute to, to be able to have the services and the and the vibrancy in our communities that we want to have. And um, I guess I've done that in a few different ways, but, but volunteering and, and ensuring that I can kind of represent on boards has always been one of those ways. Yep. And for the last couple of years, I've been the regional representative on our Innovation Advisory Council for Queensland Government. And, uh, and it was through that role that as our current uh, Chief Entrepreneur for Queensland, Wayne Gerard, as he retires his role that he's been doing for the last couple of years, I was asked to consider whether I would be keen to be the next one.
0: Well, it's fantastic to have you in that role now, Julia, because you do really bring a very strong understanding of regional and and rural business. And you've got some great experience under your belt as well. So tell us a little bit more about your other work and the work you've done in the lead up. You're you're the founder of Engage and Create Consulting. So tell us more about the sort of projects you're involved with and and how they are spread around the region. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you. Tom. So, my background is actually in environmental science. So, I've spent the majority of my career uh, in an extension role for sustainable agriculture. So, working with lots of land care and catchment groups. And that's where we work with traditional owner groups, with local councils, uh, you know, supporting businesses to identify what might be some of their challenges, um, particularly from a sustainable ag an environment perspective and look at who might be interested in helping us solve those problems and then who might be interested in funding those problems and they are sometimes all one and the same and other times not quite so I think you know that's really where my early stages of involvement with social enterprises and particularly in that not-for-profit space certainly started um and and really looking at I guess um you know how do we help people who might initially think that they have differing ideas Mm. or priorities or vision of whatever it might be how do we help them actually see that they've got more in common than maybe they they were led to believe um and and so that was very much the role that i played in sustainability and and um my my consulting business engage and create actually turns 10 at the end of this month which is hard to believe because i'm not quite sure what i've yeah it's it's been a really um amazing decade in this role where i could take a lot of those transferable skills so we've worked um pretty much across every state and territory in rural australia i very i'm very um happy to say that there's plenty of consultants who are fantastic who can support businesses in capital cities or in larger Mm centres but i guess what i've really tried to do tom is take my set of skills and support regions that i understand you know um how do we make sure that women who are moving to new communities generally because they've married a farmer how do we make sure that that skill set is incorporated that they're made to feel welcome that they're made to feel useful and purposeful and how do we how do we look at the role that women play in regional economic development so we worked with um some industry groups nationally i developed some training and some programs that were able to be used to support people into that um that kind of activity and that's been really great to see that that's continued on you know we've done a lot in the First Nations employment space, so how do we help people find meaningful employment Mm. um, and long-term meaningful employment, which might not necessarily mean it's full-time. It might not necessarily mean it's sitting in an office nine to five. So I think, you know, we've got some latitude sometimes regionally to be able to do things in a way that works for us and for our community. Yes. which, which, you know, helps us try some different things and see, see how it works. So generally people will come to me if they've tried some other ideas and they haven't worked and they need a little bit of out-of-the-box thinking or mm. they need, you know, some support to see that they're on the right track with what they're wanting to do. So that looks like strategic planning. It looks like helping people write funding applications. It looks like helping, you know, coach people. People through some ideas and trialling some other, you know, business concepts that they yeah. might have for their business or
0: not-for-profit. Fantastic. There's a great breadth of experience there, Julia. So I know you've travelled extensively, not just across Queensland, but around the different states of Australia. So what's your current take then on the state of entrepreneurship here in Queensland? And where do you see opportunities to improve our communities, particularly in some of these rural or regional, remote sort of areas that are facing some pretty distinct challenges.
1: Yes. So I heard once a saying that says if you've been to one country town, you've been to one country town, right? So yeah. so there are similarities, but we're not all the same. Yes. Um and, and, and same for, for larger centres. You know, Brisbane is not the same as Melbourne or Sydney or Adelaide. You yeah. know, there's some similarities, but there's some really big cultural differences. And so part of, I think the first step is knowing that, you know, I I have travelled a lot and worked in a lot of different communities, but each community has its own culture and has its own You know heart and an activity that it wants to be doing and so i think that's first of all the thing to expect that i i never walk into anywhere knowing thinking that i know everything yes um and and so it really is just asking a whole lot of questions and and so that's i think the first step in terms of how do we work with communities and help them do more of what they're already trying to do yes well first of all we actually just have to ask what is it that they've what it was it what is it that they're doing what are they trying how is that working and what do they actually need to be able to support and i think often you know the the helpful people think that we all need funding or we all need more money well sometimes that's the case but often it's not the first thing that we we want you mm-hmm. know we want we want some advocacy we want people to value the role that we are playing in the state's economy. We want to be seen as contributing to the economy, the same as a for-profit business might be if, you know, we're a not-for-profit or a social enterprise, you know? So I think some of this is around looking at what is, what's happening. Um, But I think in terms of, you know, what opportunities there are at the moment for Queensland uh, in the innovation and entrepreneurial space, you know i am a pollyanna tom people will tell you that i very (laughs) much come at the world with the glasses half full kind of attitude um but i think it is really exciting we you know innovation happens at times of crises you know we don't often make change when everything's going really well for us yep and we know we've got a few challenges at the moment but i think it is really exciting when we look at uh, you know, some of the activity that's happening around how we can better support migrant, skilled migrant people to be welcomed and um, embedded into regional communities. Yes. So you look at the work that, you know, the Mulberry Project's doing out of mm. Toowoomba and how they're supporting people to genuinely and authentically become part of communities. Yes. Uh, you know, I think I think that's I think the work that's happening there is just brilliant and we've got a whole lot of rural communities that need more people so that's got to be a marriage made in heaven you know we've got to be able to look at how we can do some of those things um and so i think that's really exciting i think there's some great stuff happening at logan um through the catalyzer organization and the work that's happening so i think you know we have an issue at the moment across queensland where we don't have enough people and we've got people that are moving to our um, states and bigger centers who are looking you know for meaningful places mm-hmm. to live so i i just think there's a match made there right like you yeah. just need to think about how we do that and what that means and and generally that means we need to stop thinking about it from a welfare capacity and think about it in terms of community and economic development Mm. you know Mm. we will benefit by welcoming more people to our towns and and regions
0: yeah look you bring up some great points there julia and i love it how you're really taking that place-based approach and and seeing the, the importance of that and understanding that each of those towns are very unique and distinct and have different strengths it's good to hear you mention the mulberry project as well and it's interesting actually that social enterprise australia literally just a couple of weeks ago, they released some really interesting information and a report on social enterprise. And they said that projects like those, well, there's 12,000 social enterprises operating across Australia now. Yep. They are generating more than $21 billion of economic impact or, or contribution to Australia's economy, employing yep. over 206,000 people. So we're talking an in, an in, in industry that's similar in size to the mining industry in Australia. Right. So I suppose the question is, what do you...
1: Far less s- controversial.
0: <laughs> it's an interesting question to see how you think we might best be able to raise the profile of this business for good sort of movement mm. and ultimately change mindsets to see that business can be used to tackle some of our, our most pressing social environmental issues, right? And it might be skilled migrants, it might be you know the employment of marginalized people, but how do you think we can raise an awareness and and use business more as a force for good?
1: Yeah, and 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 I think it is. Yeah, I, I love what you're doing, Tom, and I think you're a great example. Right? We need to we need to be able to um, advocate on behalf of our our enterprises that are doing business for good. Yep. Uh, we need to make sure that they have a seat at the table when business decisions are being made, and yep. it's not only big business that is around the table for those sort of decision-making opportunities because the reality is as you said contributing massive amount at a a national level and again if we look regionally the majority of employment is coming from social enterprise community-based organizations or businesses that are really set up to do good so a lot of the time regionally they are our biggest employers if i get my word out properly so i thought that social enterprise australia uh, research was really good because it backed up a lot of what i i think we see um across the country and particularly Mm. i think what we see in regional areas Uh, you know so it is about making sure that it's seen as being a really key part of the business sector, yeah, um, and and therefore people need to be able to be around the table and making decisions. I think we need to continue to share the stories and identify that we have people who are starting social enterprises or starting businesses where their their whole goal of the business is to solve one of the world's problems. And mm. so I look at the work that a lot of the you know, Coralis, what was CEO? You know, yep. a lot of the businesses there, and and that's got a very gendered um, uh, approach to yep. being able to support women. Um, and to, doing some fantastic work. Business. Oh, it's amazing, and globally, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's been there's been businesses all over the world who've been able to benefit from that um i I got to be part of something in brisbane recently that the 10 by 10 organization is looking at Mm. where they have these pitch events for social enterprises and you know to give um to give businesses like save our supplies or precious wings a platform like that to be able to share their story and have access into high net worth individuals is really important so i think you know And they're doing it because it's a good thing to do it's also a really business savvy thing to do right like there's employment and return that comes as a result of this so i just it just makes sense and i think you know we see people start businesses out of necessity and i am that is my story i was living in a rural community i didn't want to stay working where i was I didn't want to leave the town that I where I was living and there were no other jobs. So yep. people always wonder <laughs> how I started my business. Out of desperation, generally, <laughs> is my response. But there's lots of us like that. And so mm. then we can do really good things. You know, we can employ other women. We can employ um, First Nations people who are wanting to get back into the workforce. You look at the work that people like Helen Black and others are doing with mm. Work Restart and yep. supporting people coming out of... Um, prisons and institutions like that I mean it just it makes sense there is an economic benefit to these social enterprises doing well as much as there is the you know the positive human opportunities.
0: Yeah yep some great great initiatives mentioned there too and so speaking directly to these founders or people who are starting off what advice would you give Julia to impact-led, purpose-led or social entrepreneurs like those who are going through the Elevate Plus accelerator or iActivate programs who are basically working hard to create some sort of positive impact but doing so with with business as the vehicle?
1: Yeah so so, um, in any situation I think Australians are really good at helping, but we're not good at asking for help. Mm, mm. So I would, my first piece of advice would be is if you were ever at something and somebody said, let me know if you need a hand with anything, take them up on that. They did mean it. (laughs) They weren't just saying that to be nice. Uh, So I think, you know, we need to, any of us need to get better at asking for help and being quite specific about what the help is that we need. Mm. So, can you help me get two or three more clients? Do you know Tom Allen? I'd love an introduction to him or whatever it might be. So, I I mean, I I genuinely think that people want others to succeed. I I assume positive intent at all times. And so, I think as businesses, we need to get better at asking. Nobody's going to expect us to be having multi-million dollar turnover in the first three months of starting a business. So mm. we don't have to pretend that we are. You know, we can we can be a little more vulnerable around that. Yeah. But I think people definitely need to ask for help. And I think the other thing is, the clearer we can get around what it is that we do want to bring to the table or that we do want to contribute to, knowing that might mean that we're not contributing to everything. You know, I'm quite clear um, and, and you know, as I said, I've had 10 years of one of my businesses, so that's um, that's helped me get more clear. But I think, I think, you know, how do we help people realize that they don't need to have the answer for everyone and everything, mm. but if they have a really good answer for a really specific set of people in the community or a specific outcome or whatever it might be, you know, that's awesome. That's what we need. So, so we don't need to be all things to all people. Yep. Um, and, and, I, and I think the sooner we realise that, the, the quicker we can get on to doing the stuff that really lights us up as the business um, creator. And then and then that does help us stay a bit more focused. So ask for help and, and work out your, your lane early and, and don't be afraid to stick in it. You know, don't be afraid to just yep. do the bits that you really enjoy.
0: Oh, some great advice there, Julia. Thanks for sharing that. Look, you've mentioned some crackers already, but what other inspiring projects or initiatives have you been coming across recently that are basically creating some great positive social change?
1: Oh, look, I mean, yeah, so I've probably already rattled off a few. I think the work that... um that Luz Restrepo, she's actually based in um, Victoria, but there's some really great work that Migrant Women in Business is doing, so that's another great one at a national level. Um, For my sins, no, not my sins, I'm very grateful to be the chair of Gen Australia, which Mm. is Global Entrepreneurship Network, um, and and the Global Congress is actually going to be in Melbourne next year, and there's a really strong social enterprise theme to that and a really strong, you know, doing doing business for good um, theme there. Yes. And I think that is because it aligns for a lot of us as, as what we see as personally important. Yes. Um, but you look at some of the work that's happening across ag tech, Kat Bidstrup and the work she's doing with Think Digital. Um, oh, I just, I could, I could rattle off a whole lot. I think it's going to be really interesting, Tom, what businesses pop up or or how we can help amplify the businesses that already exist with our accessible tourism the year of accessible Mm. tourism for for queensland next year i think you know that's that's a really important area and particularly if we look at rural communities, tourism is one of those areas that helps people to diversify, it helps people manage climate change, it gives First Nations um, and traditional owners an opportunity to be part of the industry and actually genuinely talk about, you know, all of their history and knowledge and opportunity there. So I think there'll be some really cool businesses and, and hopefully between you and me, we can help uncover a few and help promote them. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes of that, because uh, I think the, that that creates an opportunity to really allow businesses to be seen and heard. And so, you know, if there's, if there's others that I've missed that I should have mentioned, then um, Let's track them down and make sure we can help give them give them a voice and let them be heard
0: yeah absolutely so to finish off then Julia what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners oh, I
1: love these questions and I'm, I need to go back and listen to the others so that I can get a list from past um, from past um, people that you've interviewed. But, Tom, actually, <laughs> for me, I reckon anything written by Dr. zeus he is my – <laughs> he is a guru. Uh, I do – I must admit, I do love all the Dr. Zeus books. And what's your favourite?
0: That, Cat and hat. Oh,
1: I think um, – what's the one about tr- the travel, the places you'll go?
0: Oh, um, yeah. I know that I one. I can't
1: remember the name of that one, but it talks about, you know um, – you've got shoes on your feet and um brains in your head i love i just i think he you know it's it's important i think and getting some of those messages as kids i think is really important um equally anything by brene brown i've just recently finished the atlas um of the heart book that she's done um the infinite game by simon sinek i Mm. reckon he really speaks to a lot of us who are on this um social enterprise uh or in this social enterprise space i think uh, a lot of his work is really good and it does talk to the to the human element of it a lot so yeah i really um yeah books books and audio books given how much time i spend in the, in the car are a good one so i uh, i need a good list
0: it's a great one in fact great little segue there because within the fortnight every year around this time we do publish an article which collates all the books that our interviewees from the previous year have recommended ah, so that will, that will be out pretty soon and it's, it's going to have a great list of those those reads that have all, all been recommended so that's a, a great way to to finish off Julia thank you so much for sharing your really generous insights and time today and importantly For the work that you are really about to embark on as Queensland's Chief Entrepreneur. I really, really appreciate it. It is a volunteer gig. It takes a lot of hours, a lot of time, and from all of us in the Business for Good sector, we we applaud your work and wish you the best.
1: Thanks, Tom. I look forward to working with you and the team over the next 18 months
0: or two years. Looking forward to it. Us too. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, Tom.